You're listening to the Church Planter Starter Kit Podcast, Episode 9. Here's what Chris, an Acts 29 church planter, said about the Church Planter Starter Kit. He said, This was the missing missional link not covered in my other training. Trust me, if I can do this, you can do this too. In today's episode, I'm going to interview a real church planter, and I'm going to answer his questions about blogging. And we're going to wrestle through finding the time to blog and how it's actually easier than you think. I believe if you really want to reach more of the people you're called to reach with the gospel, that you must learn to be a skilled missionary, not only in the real world, but also in the digital world online, where real people spend a huge block of their time these days. In short, if you want to infiltrate culture with the gospel, then you've got to become a digital missionary with your church website and brand. In each episode of the Church Planner Starter Kit podcast, I share some simple, actionable steps to help you connect the gospel to real people using your website and brand. Today, we're going to chat with a real church planter about blogging. We're going to walk through his questions and formulate a game plan for starting to blog. I am super excited. This is the first interview we've done. So let's get right into that interview with Rusty Langford. He's a church planter in Acts 29 and Soma, and he's planting outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And just a quick note. You're going to hear some background noise in the interview, like pings and alerts from his phone. He's a busy church planter, after all, not a professional podcaster, so that's totally understandable, but it's definitely worth a listen. So thanks in advance for your understanding. Let's jump right in to that interview. First, Rusty, thanks so much for joining us today. So glad to have you here. Let's start with this question. As a church planter, what piques your interest about blogging? Uh, particularly church planning in our stream is not wanting to busy people with having to have 100 meetings to get mm-hmm. content out that I want to be able to be repeated and to be saturated And so to have another sort of vehicle to just be able to continuously uh, share the vision, share the mission, and connect that in detailed ways, both in terms of biblical foundations, but also everyday applications. Gotcha. So you sent me a text as you were thinking about that, like, hey, is it too late for me to start thinking about... Um, blogging now. So just so the people listening in have a feel for you, you know, tell us a little bit about just real quick, you, your church plant, kind of where you are in the planting process. So folks get an idea kind of where you're coming from. A little over two years ago, we uh, arrived here in Cleveland with uh, just a launch missional community of around eight adults and uh, we have uh, slowly uh, grown over the last uh, year to two began a sunday gathering 
multiple MCs or two MCs, not to make that sound more than it is. And we uh, are now just wanting to make sure that we remain true to our mission and vision as we continue to really view ourselves in a foundational stage, even at this point. Awesome. So what's your biggest challenge as you think about this whole area of blogging? So have you've never blogged regularly before? No. Okay. So biggest challenge as you start thinking about doing that. Uh, biggest challenge is not only being a planner, but being a bivocational planner in this season. Gotcha. Having the time to, to have regular content being posted uh, so that the blog would be relevant and useful to people and an actual resource instead of just a, an attempt. Right. Go right. anywhere. Where would you put yourself as a writer? Somebody that likes it, I'm okay with it, hate it. If those uh, were your three options. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy writing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be any ju- myself a judge on my ability, I guess. But uh, others have affirmed me in that yeah. and said that this is something that I should pursue. Yep. And um, maybe some of the fear of being able to pull that off practically in the midst of everything else has kept me from taking those okay. steps. Let's, uh, I like that. Let's talk about that a little. What would some of those fears be? Well, again, uh, after a month of not posting anything, <laughs> saying, oh, man, what? Uh, I got to throw something together. Right. And, and then being... And then thinking, yeah, but I also have a sermon to mm-hmm. produce. I have three meetings with rising leaders I need to get ready for, and another group leadership development meeting, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's a that's a fear. Another fear of mine uh, is the perfectionist stream in my personality, okay. or at least a performance stream there, wanting to make sure that it's actually meaningful. Sure. Well, and so a fear of, of having uh, repeated uh, postings, but them not being helpful. And so those, those are a couple fears. Are you the type that would um, bother or be bothered by how many views did that get? Uh, you know, would that be on your radar or you wired that way or would you go, no, you know, I would want it to be meaningful, but I wouldn't be checking it every day or so to see if it got likes or shared or reads or whatever. It would probably, that would probably depend on the amount of investment I put into the particular post. So if it was something that was uh, either an emotional investment, so maybe it didn't take long to write it, but I feel like this is really important or an actual mental investment. Like I, crafted this yeah i would definitely think well was that even worth it sure two people looked at it and it was my mom and a person (laughs) who uh, was looking for something else right and my mom didn't finish it (laughs) yeah she She just just, looked at it yeah and said hey that started off great (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know that feeling so i maybe this is it's not the same level of importance but maybe that general feeling it's kind of in the sermon category 
of did that matter to people? Did that? Yeah. And, and we all want to serve. So yeah, I, I totally, as one who's wrestling with it myself, with my own <clears throat> business, man, it's, Mm-hmm. you're you're on to something when you go this i was emotionally invested in this either because of time or topic or whatever um and there can certainly be that same kind of disappointment when you go man this was supposed to be a big sermon and it yeah. wasn't <laughs> and a couple of that didn't need to be that big seeing you know they were big so oh, yeah it, it can have that same dynamic that, that's for sure so um any any other questions even from a kind of pragmatic or practical standpoint as you think about blogging and then i want to circle back around and touch base on some of those things you mentioned um in your in your previous answer so uh, other you know hiccups or oh i'm gonna have to worry about this when you think about blogging yeah it may just this may be with my ignorance just uh, connecting to this the whole genre of blogging but as someone who does enjoy writing and Mm -hmm. words sounding well is uh it's just wrestling with that tension of just pulling helpful content out and getting it versus feeling like every time i write some something that it would need to be you know like have some kind of poetic yes component to it and so that that's an area that i'm sure i would wrestle with Mm -hmm. um yeah, finding that balance of practical, get it out there versus poetic, uh, walk through the woods, <laughs> contemplation. Yeah. Third know. imagination. And right, right, right. <clears throat> Which is tough because a lot of those things are what you're aiming for when you are preparing a sermon. And, and yeah. while this, I think, is helpful and important, uh, we, I think, would both agree it's probably not quite, it's not at the sermon level. So let's circle back around a little bit and talk about what I bet is most pastors and planters, if there's a hiccup, one of those main hiccups is time combined with content. Like, do I have the time to do this? And where am I going to come up with ideas? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing one of the biggest hurdles is the thought of coming up with a new, a, a yet another content stream, right? <laughs> like, yes. So you just mentioned this week sermon. Then I've got this leaders meeting I'm prepared for potentially some other, you know, MC your missional community that you're preparing, preparing for. So you're already thinking, I've already got three things to produce this week. How am I going to, make time to to create a fourth and then what would it be <laughs> yes does that feel true yeah. feels very true so what i want to encourage you guys with is that what i'm thinking in terms of is not a blog that's a f- kind of fourth content <laughs> stream as far as ideas or production but Pick any one of the first three we just mentioned and repurpose that in the form of a blog so that there is no new preparation whatsoever. You have already done the work. Okay. So if you think of sermon prep, 
um, I know it's all over the place, but on average, what would you say your average sermon prep time is? Uh, probably eight to 10 hours. Okay. So let's say 10 hours. At the end of that 10 hours, and after you've preached it, tell me what you think feeling-wise, what would it feel like to write a blog post on the exact same topic, let's say, on Monday? Yeah, I think that would be great. I've experimented with that actually a couple times just on Facebook, but I feel like a blog would be a better avenue to to retain that i feel like it would help me in preparation for the next week because a lot of times there's continuation so it would be yeah we like some certain it would be double doing double duty in that regard as well sure and it would help our people uh to have another another look Mm -hmm. and even if in my sermon maybe i was like you know i really didn't underline that like i wanted to right here's me a chance to just say put that in bold underline it and it gives me one more chance to do that perfect so let's you you get to pick let's take whatever is freshest on your mind and we're doing this on the fly (laughs) we've not prepared this either last week's sermon the last sermon you preached whichever one's kind of freshest or whichever one you're going to preach this week which one of those right now do you feel like is the freshest in your mind freshest in my mind uh, the one coming up or the one you just yeah, did? I'm, I'm still in the middle of preparing one for this week. So, I mean, it's okay in my mind right now. Okay. So, main point, at, at least at this point, how would you describe the main point of the sermon? Main point. If I was going to, uh, to do that well, we might need to go back to last week. Okay. Either one's fine. Yeah. Reality of pastors. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so last week we looked at the story of Jesus encountering the, the woman at the well. Oh, okay. So, uh, so sort of the, I'm trying to retrace this. Yeah. It's basically, uh, following lead of Tim Keller and some of these things as usual is the series is being sent like Jesus. And so, being sent like Jesus means uh, embracing the proclamation of the gospel to the outsider, and meaning by that, someone who's just outside the faith, outside the religious culture of the okay. South. Perfect. Now, let's say we were going to blog about that after the fact. So you've already prepared for sermon. Um, and let's, here's another thing I want you to think about is what if you aimed that at on a blog, even more directly at your city. So those that aren't at Matthew's Table Church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you're taking the exact same content, and you're going to say, but but I'm even going to dial my audience even more towards those in the city that you yes. feel called to reach, but mm-hmm. that have not set foot in Matthew's Table. What would, again, off off the fly... What might be one area, if that was what you were aiming your blog at, on that same topic, what would be something that comes to mind that you would point out that you would want that person to know? I'd want that person to know that Jesus uh, has time Mm -hmm. 
for those who are outside the local religious expectations. Okay. Beautiful. So as now, it probably doesn't seem like a huge deal to you, but on this side, when I hear that, I go, man, that would be a unbelievably powerful blog post aimed not predominantly at your church family, Mm -hmm. but aimed at the very people your church family wants to reach. Yeah, that's right. And think about how exciting is it that you could, you, you've already done the prep, but now you can specifically aim that preparation even more narrowly, more focused, spend a little more time, which you probably don't have time in a sermon, on relating that specifically to that audience. I'm talking to the non-church person yes. in Cleveland, Tennessee, that I already know <laughs> Um, that I wish was there Sunday. And if I would just had a one-on-one with him or her, so I'm, you know, I can literally just laser in on him or her. What would I say? Yeah, I like that. I mean, again, right. that's going to help, help you preach the next time. Sure. Right. Yeah. Be- because that person's going to be fresh in your mind. It reminds me in, in some of uh, Keller's preparation or sermon teaching, you know, on on sermon prep. And so he says in there, uh, be careful who you talk to during the week, because whoever you talk to, you will go to the Bible text with their questions in mind. And then you will only get answers out of the text of the questions you ask the text. And so he gives some examples, like if you, if you were in an academic setting and you're hanging around with other doctoral candidates Guess what questions you're hearing week in, week out, and guess how that's going to shape your sermon because that's the questions you're asking in the text. Versus if you were hanging out with, you know, some non-religious partying folks that never stepped foot in the church, what, what kind of questions are they asking you all week? And when you go to that text, right, you're, you're, you're asking their questions. So he says just... It's really insightful. Be very careful who you listen to and who you're hanging out with, because if you only hang out with kind of the insider, or if if all you're doing is reading heady theologians, you're going to ask the text kind of Jonathan Edwards Puritan type questions. But take all of that prep you've already done, mm-hmm. and and gives you kind of what if you had another twenty minutes in the sermon, you could dismiss all your people. And say, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes on the the three or four folks that came, that this is all new for them. They are, they do kind of represent that outsider. I mean, how fun would that be to be able to take 10 or 15 minutes and take that same text and really apply it to them? Yes. Be worth even whatever little extra time that it did take. Right. Tell me where, what, what could you envision happening if you did that with... Fair, fairly regularly, fairly regular rhythm for six months. You're just taking your sermon, you're taking whatever you already talked about, and you're specifically applying it to kind of the outsider that you feel called to reach there in Cleveland. Yeah, I can, I can see that being something that continues to happen. And it's, it's really uh, not only engaging them but it's kind of modeling or not kind of we'll be modeling for our people what it looks like your insiders get to watch you take the gospel 
translate it to a regular person. <laughs> yeah, now we have a way to share it again. Absolutely. There's a anyway, yeah. yeah someplace yeah. to go, whatever the word I'm looking for there right. is. So let's say it took you one hour to write that blog post. Mm-hmm. We're now eleven hours into let's let's throw that in with sermon prep, even though it's after the sermon. We're eleven hours in, but now you've got the actual sermon, which is gone. Right? I mean, yes. it already happened. Yes, it's recorded or whatever. But now you're at the very least double dipping with that same content. No more prep. Didn't take you any more time. Yes, the writing of the article would take a little bit of time. But likewise, where, how good do you think you would be six months down the road if that began to be a regular habit for you? Yeah, I, th- I think if that became a regular habit, like anything else, it's going to happen probably more quickly. Absolutely. In some ways, it may even be just uh, basically a copy and paste yeah. uh, from a right. certain section of the sermon. Exactly. And why is that okay? Because who, who do we want to be reading this? Yeah, someone who probably didn't listen to it. Right. They weren't Whether there on Sunday. present or not, they right. probably yes. <laughs> So. So the audience you're actually aiming for, they were not there on Sunday. So number one. Number two, right, let's be humble. Probably not subscribing to our podcast, right? (laughs) Probably, like, as much as we would like to think, they're not there, but, man, they're secretly following along. They listen to every sermon I preach. Probably not. So you're you're aiming it at at that person. And then in in a future podcast, we'll come back and talk about how to. Now now we're double dipping. I'm going to – I'm going to – the, the cool thing is I'm going to show you how to like not quadruple dip, but whatever 25 is <laughs> 25 times you can take this same stuff and get it out there. Wow. And, and we'll talk about some social media stuff in the future, all with relatively, it, it is extra work, but not starting from scratch, mm-hmm. creating a whole new content stream. All right. Now share, I know the answer to this, but share for the folks listening, kind of your, you know, we're talking about aiming this at the outsider in your context, the people you feel called to reach there in Cleveland, you've described them very well in kind of your tagline that's on the homepage. So share with our audience, the basic version of your tagline, who you're there to reach. Yeah. We want to help uh, the broken burnout and board. Okay. Real Jesus. Okay, beautiful. Take one second just to describe each of those three kind of persons for me. What what does a burnout person there look like? What does a broken person there look like? What does a bored person there look like? So the broken person would uh, to go along with that word mm-hmm. would be a person who wrestles with a sense of shame. I'm broken. Mm. Something's wrong with me. I'm not just done wrong. I am wrong. And that means the church has written me off. Probably God's written me off, not worth his time. Or I've written the church off because that's just a place that makes me, just reminds me of how messed up I am. And the burnout would be the people who probably have had some contact or have had extensive contact with the church uh, but the message that they heard was basically do better, try harder, keep the rules, uh, fulfill the roles that we give you, serve our agenda. 
and they've just kind of came to the to the end of themselves with that and are done mm. and the board uh are those who heard a big message about how great Jesus was and how life-changing he was, maybe. So this would be the insider perspective on the board. Mm-hmm. But then when they got started, they're like, all we do is show up on Sundays and listen to this uh, middle-aged man talk. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. Mm. Or it's the person from the outsider perspective who uh, grew up in the culture many of us did and probably still have told how special they are, how they were going to change the world, how life was going to be easy, how they were going to enjoy work every day that they went to it, get the job you love. And now they're facing reality and uh, they're like, man, is this every day work home, work home? Mm. And they feel bored with their lives. And so that's the kind of the bad news side, I guess. Of sure. Sure. Is. So let's take last week's sermon, Woman at the Well. Mm-hmm. Let's pick the broken person. One thing, again, we're literally doing this off the fly to hopefully yeah. demonstrate you've already done the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one thing you would want to tell that broken person from that passage? I just want to make sure that, that they know that uh, Jesus is well aware of all the reasons that they would feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, and yet he is present to embrace them, not so that he can further uh, sink them in their shame, mm. but so that he can give them a, a better identity and a, and a better way to deal with that shame than drowning it out mm. through some other source. Okay. Beautiful. Now, what I just heard you say several times was the word shame. Okay. So let's think for a minute. If we were to talk to that outsider in a blog, we, we would wordsmith either one of these. But what do you think would be a more intriguing title? <clears throat> a title, a, a blog post on John chapter three, the woman at the well. <laughs> right or a blog post about religion and the south and how it adds to our shame too often instead of yeah helps us remove it yes that would be much much right more. so we're going it's going to help us be better missionaries even as bloggers to go okay so this is still about john chapter three woman at the well but if i'm going to blog on this and aim this out the outside world what kind of need or issue are they going to be most interested in a blog post? They, they would love a blog post about shame in the church. So that's how you would frame it, which you probably, again, did you get to spend that kind of time framing it that way in your sermon? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, you talk about it, but it was at most, if you preach a 35-minute sermon, maybe it's seven minutes at most, right? So you could take 400, 500 words and, you know, talk about that specifically. And I'm imagining you could, it may be a little more difficult with this patch. It's maybe not, but we said, okay, same thing. John chapter three, woman in the well, you've already done the sermon prep. You've actually already preached the sermon. Anything that jumps out to you that you would say to the burnt out person from that 
passage? Yeah, it's, uh, it's that one of the empty wells that we go to to feel the satisfaction of our in our dissatisfaction it is often religious activity. Beautiful. Okay. And then lastly, off the cuff again. So we just done two brilliant. By the way, you're now two blog articles from one sermon that are brilliant. <laughs> Hopefully you know that. Third is the bored person. Yes. That that passage, what anything again, based on your prep, off the cuff, that that you would say to the bored person from that passage. Yes. So, uh, again, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't articulated this way in the, in the sermon. And this is off the cuff is it looks like she's probably living a fairly, uh, monotonous life of, of shame. Mm-hmm. I'm at the well getting yeah. this water every day. Gotten used to it. Right. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm doing it alone mm. because, you know, this is because of the shame. I'm doing it by myself. I'm not coming out in the morning. I'm coming out at noon. And so, but at the end, when, when she, after she's been engaged by Jesus, she goes to the town and very willingly engages with the crowd, yeah. telling them all about Jesus has done, then creates basically this little community of Samaritans who come to know Jesus personally for themselves. And so now her monotonous life of drowning out her shame and dysfunctional relationships have become a part of a life on mission with a community of people that now everything's filled up with meaning Mm. from the dinner table to the well. Yeah. Beautiful. So how do you, you know, how do you go from bored and meaningless to meaningful? And so, you know, three things that might surprise you about how to move out of Christian boredom. Mm. Right. And, and you're going to get to tell them, Hey, it's, it's through a, interaction with jesus it's not this bible study program we're about to launch our vbs thing it's that's going to be so refreshing so now we're three unbelievable blog posts in (laughs) off of one sermon prep okay so even the next three even if you didn't preach the next three weeks you could write three blog posts based on that one sermon each one aimed at the broken this one's aimed at the burnout person this one's aimed at the bored person good that's helpful right and we did no extra what am i going to write about you are absolutely correct when you said copy and paste like if you're a manuscriptor you can literally copy and paste you can take whole chunks of the sermon and put them in the article tweak them for the article a little bit you know if you have to wordsmith them slightly differently but i want you to know and i want church planters in this to know that's how easy it is it still takes some work but you are miles ahead of maybe even a regular blogger in the sense that you're doing all kinds of content prep every week all the time already because we could run through the same exercise for your leaders meeting yeah right <laughs> what you prepared for what what could you take from that preparing for them that you would tell a a broken person that's outside the church. And I guarantee you with a little bit of work, right? You could take whatever leadership thing you were talking about and apply that to a broken person who's outside the church. That's good. You're right. It really does seem to, you're just ahead of the game as somebody who's going to have to be producing some level of content. Yep. So you don't have to fear like a writer's block. Nope. <laughs> play, play 
sitting there. Right. Not unless you've had a month go by and you've, you've, <laughs> you've not been able to preach or prepare any sermon, any leadership thing, you know, lead any sort of whatever, which is at that point, right, you're probably not leading a church. Yeah. Uh, so or, or you or you're have equipped someone else to right. fill in the blog those other weeks. <laughs> yes. Which is then another blog post in itself. Yes. How I taught someone else. Right. Uh, how I delegated this, you know, and taught them. see my name on the next three yes. posts. Right. Which would be great. How many pastors would line up for that? Like, dude, you've got regular great blog content. How do you do it? I trained someone up. I'm going to write a blog post about it. I did it. I'll get them to do it from their perspective. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Church Planter Starter Kit podcast. Thanks to our guest, Rusty Langford, for his willingness to chat about blogging. Hopefully your heart was encouraged today, not only to think about blogging, but just what Rusty shared and his own heart for the gospel. The interview was so good, in fact, broke it up into two parts, so... Check out the next podcast. We'll finish up this interview with Rusty, answer a few of his questions about blogging, and then I'll also answer a few questions that you guys submitted about blogging. So check that out on the next episode. If you're online, you can find me at churchplanterstarterkit.com. You can go there. There's lots of articles Uh, blog articles myself trying to practice what I preach and you can even join the mailing list and those articles will come right into your inbox. If you would like to help spread the word about Church Planter Starter Kit, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes. That helps get this into the hands of more church planters and pastors so that all of us can be great digital missionaries and help bring the gospel to bear and the places where Jesus has called you to plant. Talk to you on the next episode of the Church Planter Starter Kit.